It's the Phantom Family Podcast. Well, hello there. I am Tori Phantom here with my husband, Jimothy. How you doing, folks? And welcome to the Phantom Family Podcast. It's the first edition. First edition. One of many. Yes. Hopefully. Probably. We are the Phantoms. Am I a phantom? You're a phantom. I mean, I am a ghost hunter by nature, but I am I have a never phantom? seen you hunt a single ghost. I have hunted many ghosts. I've, I've I never. Have, where's the trophy? It's in that EVP recorder right there I don't on the floor see next anything to us. mounted on the wall. There's no ghost. You don't mount a ghost on the wall. What do the, you know what about What are you ghosts? doing with your hunting? This is weird. You find them. You take pictures of them. It's catch and release. It's not I, trophy I mounting. That sounds kind of weird. Well, this sounds more like ghost fishing if you're catching and releasing, honestly. Honestly, yeah. You know what? It should probably be called ghost fishing. It's ghost fishing. You heard it here. Anyway, we're the Phantom Family Podcast, and we are here to talk about our life and our family. And if that introduction gives you any indication of what we're like, that's that's very much us. We are not great at staying on topic, but to introduce ourselves, I am Tori Phantom, and I am a mom of three. And I like to spend a lot of time on social media. And Jimothy, do you want to give yourself a little introduction there, bud? I am Jim Beard, professionally on the social medias. I am a customer service agent at one of my jobs, and I'm an on-air personality for a local country radio station right now as well. So if I you like can't doing... tell by the radio voice. I, I mean, I try. I, it's, it's what I was there for. I, I say... When people ask, oh, how did you get the radio job? I say, I literally talked my way into it. I went in and I talked to them because they needed you know, an on-air person. But I talked to them. They liked my voice and they hired me. I think it's just a great time to remind everyone that although you work on the radio, I did get to be on a radio morning show before you. Every day when I go in, that morning show host that you co-hosted with that day, he reminds me of that every single day. Let I me let me just tell you. Absolutely love that for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just a little background on us together. We are parents. We have three kids, three beautiful girls. They keep us busy and exhausted constantly. We have been married for some time. It's been uh, four four years. Mm, it's been. Four Four and a half years. Four and a half years. We are parents, so we do like to add the halves in there. That's just Absolutely. part of the territory of having young kids. Uh, we've been together for longer than that ish. I mean, you yeah, like kind of would have to get married. Yeah, we we met at a job we used to work at together. He was my boss, but uh, I'm the captain now, and uh, uh, ahoy! <laughs> did you just sigh at me? So we we got together about six years ago, and and that's part of the our family. I think that's a part a thing we should include is that I was a parent before I met my husband. I was doing the single mom game. I had a two year old when we met, and at the time now that child is nine, and I think we should refer to her as pumpkin pie, as I as I lovingly call her all the time. Pee pee. <laughs> And our pumpkin pie, at two years old when she first met Jim, she would refer to him and his glorious beard as two separate entities because she loved him so much. And she would say, is Jimmy and his beard coming over today? That's true. And, you know, I always like to say that I had this ex before dating you. And I always say it was much easier going into a relationship with someone who who had a child who, you know, was a two-year-old at the time, 
And I always say, you know, it's it's actually kind of easy being a, a parent of a two-year-old, you know, for all intents and purposes. I was kind of a parent at that point. But I always <laughs> said it was it was kind of easy being the parent of an actual two-year-old when I'd spent the previous three years uh, basically doing the same thing, except she was actually 26 and just acted <laughs> like a two-year-old. So there was that. So I, I felt pretty good going into that, and I was very comfortable. We played Mortal Kombat. We ate bananas. It was wonderful. Great yes. two-year-old. And we love just a, just a random trauma dump. Like, just please expect this moving forward. Uh, but that, honestly, that is a thing that is true because Jim came into my daughter's life when she was two. It was the first time that she met him. And he and I became friends. You know, we weren't dating. We weren't looking to date. And suddenly life happened and he needed a place to live. And I said, I said, I got a couch. And that you did. I did. I did. I had a couch and he came to live on my couch until he could find a place. And uh, over six years later, he has not left. We are now married with three kids. Uh, so we moved in together and then we started dating. And to be fair, I did here. get an apartment and you I did. just never went you there. You just never went there. You and didn't I'm, want me to. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad that we're here now. But that is true because you really stepped into that parenting role and you know obviously every family dynamic is different and in our family I feel very privileged because our oldest daughter has two sets of parents and that's how we look at it and I know there's lots of terms for it like bonus parents step parent it's everything works differently for everyone and in our family we just say that our daughter has so many extra people to love her and we don't ever want to devalue any of our roles in her life. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it, it really wasn't even that weird or anything because I've always liked kids. I've always gotten along with with kids. It's because you are a giant child, I'm honestly. A gi I'm a giant teddy bear, basically. <laughs> You're I my just wanna, fourth and most needy kid, honestly. I just want to play and frolic all day long. And Why shouldn't I? Yes. <laughs> I want graham crackers. I want chocolate milk. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, I'll tell you, one of the questions I get asked most frequently on social media is, like, do your husband and you have the same parenting style? Like, does your husband agree with you? And I think a lot of that was kind of built on when, when he met me, we were, I was already a parent. And so that dynamic of him coming into my daughter's life kind of shaped the way we were going to bring the rest of our family along because I had a very distinct way of parenting and it worked for him. I mean, I think it did. Did it work for you? It worked for me. It worked for him. Okay. I'm glad I never asked that before. Uh, this would be a bad place to find out if it hadn't. This would be a horrible time to find out. Luckily, L it yes, did. Very thankful. He did agree with the way I was parenting and he kind of followed my lead. And so when we started having our own biological children, it was kind of just more of the same, except we, we do have a child who has more complex needs. And so that was its own beast to take care of. But I would say generally we do have the same parenting style. What would you what would you say? I would say yes. I'm probably the louder one, even though there's nothing to back it up. I just am able to get, I'm counting to three now. Yeah, don't, don't make me get to three because I don't know what I'm going to do if I get there. But that's where we both agree in our parenting is that like both of us, I, I know both of us have started counting before and we both like get to two and we're just like two. Two and a half. Two. two I don't and, know what to do when I get to three. Two but and five eighths. Two. 
But the funny thing is, is that like there's no threat there. We're never being aggressive about that. It's just kind of this like, hey, I need your attention. I think we use the counting as more of an attention grab. Like, hey, I need you to hear me. I need you to listen to me. And I'm giving, I'm going to give you a really serious face and a stern tone and I'm going to start counting. And by the time you hit two, they're kind of like, why, why is my parent counting at me? Like, there's no threat about it. There's nothing malicious there. They're just like, why are you counting? Like, what is going on? Do you remember when uh, Pumpkin Pie first started learning to count and then she would just continue counting with us yes. and it was like, this is too adorable to punish. Yes, yes. And I'll say like in the, when I had my oldest, that's another question I'm asked pretty frequently is like, have you always been the same kind of parent that you are now? And the answer is yes and no. I've always had the same goals, but at the same time, I became a parent at 19 years old. I was still kind of a kid for all intents and purposes. And so with that, I kind of grew up with my daughter. And so when I became a parent, I knew the kind of parent I wanted to be, but I had to learn so much and grow so much to get there. And so, yeah, like I've always had the same goals, but I've definitely learned to do things differently. So I'm not the same parent I was five years ago, and I hope that I'm not the same parent five years from now. I want to continue growing, changing, and learning. Like that's a big thing for me. I mean, I kind of hope I'm the parent of the same kids at least you know oh yeah five I mean, years from now <laughs> i hope i'm the parent of the same kids but i just hope that i'm a better parent that's what i'm saying jimothy there you go yeah that's what i'm saying yeah and uh so i mean the counting thing that's i think probably one of the things we very much have in common it's just kind of like a, that's how we grew up that's how we were parented and so it's just kind of in our heads to start counting uh but I believe, I mean, you grew up in, in rural Kentucky. You were born in the 80s. So I believe, if it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have told me that when you were a kid, if you were in trouble, you had to go pick out your own switch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that how the counting worked? One, two, three, go get a stick so I can hit you with it? No, it was more just uh, you kept doing whatever, and then the very old grandparents said, "Ah, right, you go outside and you cut a, you cut me a switch now." And, and can so you can you define what a switch is? Because I actually hadn't heard that term until I lived here in Kentucky with you. Okay. So I need you to define the term switch. <laughs> Cutting a switch is the act of being sent outside or just going outside on, you know, if you're the, the, the parent. It's a form of corporal punishment. You you wait, hang on, let me just it's abuse. Okay, continue. I uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's if you want to look at it that way, which you know it, most people yeah, do absolutely. because it, it is that's what it is. It's it's basically telling the child to go find me the thing with which to beat you. Which is both which is both <laughs> emotional and physical abuse. Yeah, but <laughs> here's what I did. I was such a rotten little kid. <laughs> yeah, obviously you were the problem no, here picking no, out no, no, sticks. No, 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 no. Yes. Listen, listen. So the trick is, you know, <laughs> the the parent who's let's say let's say and if, if corporal punishment, if spanking your kids is ideal. Which it's it not. It is I not. don't Let's agree with it. Nope. Um, but if it was ideal, ideally the parent would send their child out to to go and fetch a switch, as it were, uh, because they would know that they've done wrong and they know that they need to be punished. So they would cut a green one, a green like you, you'd find a green twig coming off of the tree. So it's flexible. It bends. 
and then you know they can spank you with it. It's it's like a little whip, but it's it's made of wood, and it's can that very loose. Can you imagine? Just loose, like, hey, loose, you are my child book. that I have created, and I love you, and you count on me for love and support and to protect you. But you have made me mad, five-year-old. Please go to the yard and fetch a stick for me to beat you with. Like, what the heck? Okay, but listen, here's the thought process in these people back then. That if you, you know, you, you, you've you got to beat your child in order to teach them the lesson so that they grow up to be a good person. And they, they, you're, you're basically beating sense into them. They're, you're, you're teaching them a lesson so that they won't repeat it. Oh, I just, don't agree with it. Can we that just is, talk that is about the point that logic, though? I, like, can I, I finish the switch story first? Okay, fine. I was such a rotten kid that when I would be sent out to get a switch, you know, my grandmother, she, she was my great grandmother, you know, God rest her soul now, but she, she would always tell me, oh, go fetch me a switch, and I would. Instead of finding the the limber, flexible green branches, you know, one which would would, would be very useful, I would find the dead sticks, the ones that if you were to hit me with it, it would just break over my plump, childlike buttocks. (laughs) So I would always bring those in, and then she would like hit me once, and then I would laugh and I would run away from her because she couldn't chase me. I mean, okay. (laughs) Is that funny? (laughs) Is my trauma funny? Are you laughing at me being beaten across the buttocks as a child with a dead stick? What I'm laughing at is like me as a as a parent. I'm constantly telling the kids to leave the outside things outside. And like your family was like, bring it in here so I can hit you with it. Yes. Uh, But what's bizarre to me is that thought process, honestly, because this idea that that hitting a child is going to teach them a lesson when like, I mean, I've gone to school. Um, typically my lessons were taught through words, uh, books, but like lesson, they, they were taught to me through, through words, whether written or, or spoken. Uh, most of the things, 100% of the things that I have learned have been through words or experience and not once yeah, have that's I learned an experience. something through pain. Getting your butt whooped is an experience. It's an Let experience me tell you. to start lying and hiding and I mean because. And then when you get you caught, know, you get your butt whooped. My family, we did not use Again, switches. I don't my, agree with My this. parents, uh, they just used their hands or uh, whatever they could find. Like that was just like, uh, this is a weapon now. Like, cool. Thanks, mom. I'm nine. The last time my grandma ever did it was probably when i was about nine or ten and she tried to hit me with a broom a broom that we had in the house but it was it was made of aluminum so when she went to hit me with it i grabbed it like i caught it and i twisted it out of her hand and it ended up like wrenching the aluminum in half in the middle so the broom got broken and then when my aunt got home and asked me why the broom was broken i said because memo tried to hit me with it and i wasn't having that It's like, I just, I I try to empathize with this generation that thought that hitting kids teaches them lessons. But as an adult with a brain and logic, I have never once wanted to hit my kid. Like, I love them. I want to protect them. I don't want them to cry or be hurt. I want to teach them to be good 
people. And and so when I am frustrated, when I'm upset with them, I might need to take a break because I am upset and, and I am a person with feelings and I deserve to take a break for five minutes if I need to to cool down. Uh, but typically we're just, we just have conversations about everything. Like I think one of the funny things is I, well, number one, I think you can tell if you're listening to this that Jim and I both cope with uh, dark humor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lots of that around here. But the the thing that gets me with that is that, like, we can sit here and, and joke about how our parents and the people who raised us, man, they, like, they just wanted to, like, hit us and be awful. And we didn't learn anything from that. Like, I didn't learn a lesson. The only thing I remember from being hit was being hit. I don't remember why I was hit. I remember why I was hit. I, do- I got hit a lot. One time, <laughs> I, I, I had... Oh goodness! Soiled my pants, and I hid them under my bed, and they got found, and I got I got beaten for that. Which is awful because obviously you were a child who didn't know what to do, and you we were embarrassed. We had an outhouse. We didn't That's have right. indoor plumbing. You didn't have running water when you were a kid. We didn't have in. We had running water. We you just didn't have. Didn't indoor have plumbing. We had. We didn't have a toilet that functioned. The bathtub worked. The sinks worked. Kitchen sinks, all of that worked, but the toilet we had did not work. It wasn't Rural connected Kentucky to anything. In the 1980s, there folks. was no septic tank. Well, it was because where we lived was in a trailer. It, it just we just didn't have a septic tank there. But there was an outhouse in the back, and there was one particular. It was a Saturday morning, and I had a, a tummy ache, and I I didn't want to go out to the outhouse, so I tried to hold it, but I was unsuccessful. I'm not going to get too graphic with it or anything, but then I I had my my tidy whities my Hanes, and I just threw them under my bed. And then when we went and to how move, old, how old would you say you were? Uh, we moved when I was six, so I was less than six. I was I was maybe six then, maybe seven at the oldest. I'm not really sure, but it was very young. It was it was no older than than seven. And I I hid them under my bed, and then they got found when we got move when we were moving, and I got in trouble. Which is, I mean, and and as an adult, as a parent, like critiquing the way you were raised, because that's what I'm going to do today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just, I imagine because, you know, like our middle child is five, right? And say she did something like this, like she had an accident. Now, she is pretty good about everything. Like she's been potty trained for years. Now, if she has an accident, which has happened maybe once or twice in the last few years since she's been potty trained, I've never reacted poorly you know, like, I might remind her, like, hey, like, you can probably step away from the thing you're doing. Like, don't wait so long. You know, it's a conversation. But especially, like, if it – to punish a small child however long after an event because you just found out about it, that's not teaching them a lesson. That's you not being able to to control your emotions Yeah, because this, this was months later. Right. And so that wasn't teaching you anything. Like, in, in my eyes, looking at that, a small six, seven-year-old child who had an accident, probably embarrassed, and hit it because they're embarrassed, uh, like... Small children have the same scope of emotions as adults do, but they don't have the words to describe them. They don't have the way to describe them. And so when we when we look at something like that and to think, well, if I beat my child, then they're not going to to react in an emotional way again. How is that helping the kid? How is that doing anything then beyond you being overly emotional? Like, I, I don't, I can't, I won't understand it. It's one thing I can't empathize with is ever deciding to hurt a child in the name of teaching them a lesson. There are so many ways to teach a child a lesson before you get to that point. 
And that point should never even be something on your horizon, honestly. Like, like just, it bothers me. I can see that. It bothers me. I was, I was beat with more than a switch. <laughs> I mean, I was too. I was that, I mean, that time with the underpants, I, I wasn't hit with a, a switch. It was kindling. It was a piece of firewood that we had. What? That, that was, that this was is getting so much worse. That, that was what I was. All right. So I, I at, do want to say uh, to those of you who might still be listening, oh, this is not how we expected this episode to go. No, it's just where it went. But here we are. Uh, every Avenue is a different every, story. Yeah. Uh, we got lots of stories here, but this, uh, I mean, Honestly, this does bleed into the way that we parent our kids because we have never laid a hand on our kids that wasn't in a way to to love them. You know, like we we hug and we cuddle and we kiss boo-boos. And no matter what mistakes our kids have made, no matter how frustrated, we don't hit our kids. It's not a thing we want to do. It's not a thing we do. <laughs> I don't know. Me and the middle one, we, do, we, we, we like to box. We like to play fight. Oh, well, you guys wrestle. That's you true. guys wrestle, and and that's I think where our parenting kind of differs is just in the way that we enjoy quality time with our kids. Because uh, Jim, well, how do you, how would you describe your quality time with our children? Um, a lot of me laying and them jumping on me like I am the human trampoline. Yeah, well, there's always a WWE belt. Always uh, very close. Always needs We're to be always, defended as well. I'm always requested to be the referee. Yeah, and and by the by me. the referee as the mom, I'm always just saying, please stop before someone gets hurt. Please please stop before someone yes. gets hurt. Although I, I'm not I a did, great referee. The other day, I was training the two older ones. Uh, well, I was training the middle one to fight, like cage fight, but it was more of a bed fight. So it was like a mattress fight. Uh, the other one, and it was kind of sumo rules. They just had to push each other off into the bed. Okay, cage fighting sumo rules. W. What are you teaching our children, Jimothy? How to defend themselves against their sisters. <laughs> just they, to be clear, our kids get along very well, but our, our two oldest... It's, it's just play. They, yes. they have this thing, and, and they've told me the, the name for their game. They have rules. They're, they have set their own rules, like no hair pulling, no pinching, no punching. Like no it's hitting literally, the face. It's, it's literally just like this wrestling game they came up with where whoever gets the other one's feet to the ground first wins. Yeah, they, it's Royal Rumble rules where both feet have to touch the floor <laughs> yeah. off the mattress that to is, win. That is their rule. But This the, is not a like a bed yeah. that's up on a frame or no, anything, mind no, you. This the, is the a single is, mattress on the floor as it is. Yes. So there's no place yes, to fall. Is our, it's, it's our spare mattress yeah. and it just sits on the floor. And so that is their thing. But they don't have a name for their game. They call it playing rough. And I'm like, yes, this is playing rough. Like, it's can an we accurate please description. not get hurt? Hurt, please <laughs> but you know kids be kids they do be kids they do be kids though but so are, you, are you telling me did, did you ever play rough with your brother oh absolutely my brother and i when we were kids we had this thing called backyard pig wrestling i think that's what we <laughs> called it what how am I just now hearing about backyard pig wrestling? I gotta, I gotta ask my brother the name of this game. But we would do very similar thing where we would wrestle because our our house we lived on a mountain, okay, and and our backyard was this big deep hill, and so what we would do is we'd start at the bottom of the hill, and the goal was to get to the house first. But we were wrestling, and so it was like this—the backyard wrestle. I don't, I don't remember what we called it, but I feel like the name Pig was in it. I'm gonna have to ask him. But it was just, you know, that's what kids do. Like they want to have fun and, and be, play rough, and so that's what we would do and just try to touch the house first or, or however that game worked. I mean, this was well over 20 years ago. Oh my goodness, I'm old. 
Yeah, I'm older than you. Trust me, I feel it. <laughs> but either way, so Jim, Jim is much a uh, he, he's more on the yeah, like let's go crazy and and play. I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it, but I also, I also try to not be a helicopter mom. I. Uh, I'm not great at I'm I am I am a very nervous person, but I you, I, you know what? No. <laughs> I I try to loosen the reins a bit because kids are kids and they deserve to have fun and, and play rough. And um but with me and the kids, uh we're definitely more the creatives. We love to have dance parties and, and paint and run around outside. I mean my oldest and I we used to go jogging together, which was never fun because I love running, but I, I had a love-hate relationship with runs with my daughter. Because, Keeping up with an eight-year-old is not fun for you? Yeah, jogging with an eight-year-old at the time she was eight. Because the thing is, is that, you know, eight-year-olds don't know how to pace themselves. So she'd start out sprinting and within a couple of minutes she'd be like, I'm done. I don't want to run. So we'd walk until we got to a hill. We'd walk up the hill and then we had to sprint down the hill. And, and the track we used to take was a lot of hills so we would do a lot of sprinting and a lot of walking at a at a snail's pace that's a good way to burn some energy yeah but i mean like we had fun but like as a runner it was like i was like i have to balance my actual runs with my runs with my kid because i want her to enjoy this with me uh but at the same time i want to enjoy myself so you know there's there's always that balance there but i would say uh, together you and i have a lot of like we have the same values and goals i think as parents but I think we have different strengths and weaknesses. Yes, I am very much stronger than you. I am so strong. I'm physically dominant over you. I can lift anything that you can't. I'm very I'm very strong. I might be wiry, but I do have like at least one muscle. Yeah, your tongue. You use it to talk a lot. I do talk a lot. <laughs> That's it. I can I can do a push up probably. I'm a runner. Can you run? For a little bit until my knee explodes. So like two steps? You got a bad knee, Jimothy. Listen to you. <laughs> what would you say your strengths are as a parent? My strengths as a parent are uh, being comforting because anytime something goes wrong and they want to, they, and they come to me, I can always pick them up and hold them and kiss boo-boos and make them comfort. I can always make them laugh too. I'm a good, I'm a good comforter. I think you just like fart jokes and you like that, that I don't appreciate your fart jokes, but the kids do. They love it. They are my best audience. I hate it. I hate it. And now they start telling me fart jokes and I'm like, ugh. Well, they tell terrible knock-knock jokes because of us, they too. They do. They do. We we spend a lot of times. So that's the thing we do as a family is joking hour where we all tell each other horrible jokes. Let's. Here's one right now. Knock-knock. Who's there? Apple. Apple who? Apple go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty frequent one. Um, that joke is always also done with uh, bananas, yeah, oranges, oranges, mango. I've heard it. With I haven't kiwi heard mangoes. Too. I was gonna say I've heard kiwi. Yeah, I've heard yeah. kiwi. It's it's all the fruits are the same joke. Um, mm-hmm. I got another one for you. What you got? Let's hear it. Knock knock. <sighs> Who's there? Why did the chicken cross the road? Why did the chicken cross the road? Who? <laughs> it's not even funny, but I'm laughing. <laughs> bark 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 bark. <laughs> <laughs> that was told to me by our five year old. That's awful. Uh, just yesterday. <laughs> it's the worst joke yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, our our nine-year-old told me a joke. You want to hear it? That's great. Well, I, let's, let's hear it. What is the what is the funniest clown in the world? What? Sugar pickles. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love their bad jokes. They just they make my head hurt. They're just they make no sense and for whatever reason that makes them funnier. It makes them funnier. I think that should be the name of this first episode. What's the funniest clown in the world? Sugar pickles. I'm here for it. Episode one. I'm here for it. Sugar pickles, episode (laughs) one. But I'll tell you, so, okay, I was talking about something before we got back into joking hour. Uh, (laughs) The strengths. The strengths. So I would say, like, from my personal opinion, I would say, like, if we were to look at our biggest strengths as parents, uh, Jim is way better at structure. Like, he is the structure, organized human. Uh, I am the more emotional connection type person. And and we actually, the other night, uh, we had this situation with two out of three of our kids where both of our strengths came into play where we actually had to, like, kind of call each other. Because that's the thing we do as parents. And I know a lot of people say you have to have a united front against your kids, but I don't see the kids as the enemy. So we don't really feel like we need to have a united front. Like, we just need to all be on the same page. And if that involves a conversation, uh, like, we're going to have a conversation. We're not fighting in front of the kids. But it's like, hey, like, maybe think about this, you know. And I And I think that's healthy for the kids to see. Uh, but the other night, it was getting kind of late. We do game nights uh, every Saturday, and the kids can stay up late, play Roblox or, you know, whatever. And it was about 10 o'clock or so, 10 o'clock. And it was it was like 1030. Yeah, you went to take a shower. And, and like, unbeknownst to me, you had told our five-year-old, hey, you have to be off of this game by the time I'm out of the shower. And she said, okay. And so you get out of the shower and you say, all right, guys, like, it's time. And and you looked at our five-year-old and you told her, like, hey, like, I told you to be off of this by the time I was out of the shower. Like, you're frustrated. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I told her to, hey, by the time you hear me turn this water off, you need to be off your iPad. So then I got out of the shower and she's still, you know, illuminated in the darkness in the room on the iPad. Right. And, and I could see easily why that would be frustrating. Uh, but the way that I was seeing it from someone sitting in the living room, uh, just kind of hearing this play out, she was kind of confused about it and you were kind of frustrated. And so like, I let you talk to her and you guys kind of resolved your, your issue and, and she did turn the iPad off, but then we had a conversation, right? And do you remember what I told you? I don't. I barely remember this night. It was late and I was tired. You you probably don't remember what we talked about in the beginning of this podcast. I don't. When when did we start recording? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. 29, 30 minutes ago? Something like that. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) But so what I had told Jim, because like this is something that I like to think about is like I empathy is one of my biggest strengths. And so I'm thinking about my five-year-old who was told, hey, you have until the water turns off on the shower. Like, and you, you you have to have this off by the time I'm done in the shower. And my thought was, number one, our five-year-old takes baths. She doesn't know how long a shower takes. And she also probably doesn't realize that the sound she's hearing is the shower running. And number two, five-year-olds can't tell time, even if she knew how long a shower took. So he gave her this non-specific instruction and she couldn't follow it. It wasn't that she didn't follow it. It was that she literally could not follow this instruction because that was way beyond her scope of reality. Let me interrupt you here and tell you one thing about her. And the fact is we need to work on something with her too, because I've been setting timers on that iPad saying, Hey, you've got until this timer goes off and then you've got to turn it off or you've got to give it over to your sister or something. She doesn't do that. She purposely stops the timer and just keeps going. 
So Can I tell you where where something has changed here? Where? This this is maybe what you experienced a week ago, right? But as we know with kids, they're rapidly learning and evolving. Do you know what that child's been doing this week? What has she been doing? She has been setting the timers herself. Well, that's good. Because and I think it's with her. Yeah, this is um this is our autistic child and and with her, she very much needs this sense of control. And so we try to give her enough control while maintaining our authority. Yeah. And so what I've noticed with her is when, when she can say, okay, this is how I can have a little bit control over the situation, she does much better. And so what I've noticed with her recently is that she has started using the timer function, which I didn't know how she knew about. But now I literally on this podcast while we're recording just learned that she learned that from you. Look at you learn. Does she does she use the Siri to do it? She does. She does. Because earlier today. So we take a lot of time away from screens in our house because especially, you know, we've been kind of home since the pandemic began. And so screen time has become way more than it ever was, way more than I ever intended. And so we have deliberate screen free time in our home every day. And this morning, uh, my we were doing screen free day. Like, I just think that's important to do. And she comes to me and she said, Mom, when can we have the screens? And I said, in one hour, 60 minutes. And she said, okay, I'm going to go set a timer on my iPad. Now, she hadn't touched the iPad all morning, but she knows that that will tell her when it's her time. And so she went and she set her timer because she knew that that was an adequate way to tell her when she's supposed to do something. And she's been setting those timers the last few days with her sisters when they're supposed to take turns and stuff. So you had started this thing. I think this is pretty cool. You had started this thing that was kind of she wasn't following your rules. Uh, But by you starting this little thing with her where you were like, why isn't she doing this? Why is she stopping the timer? And she actually took what you taught her and has changed that into an actual useful tool in her own life. That's actually very awesome. I did not know this. So I am I am happy that I was able to teach her something that could help structure things for her. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. And and this might be like a weird thing to hear like this actually like organic conversation between parents on a podcast, but you have to you have to think like Jim works two jobs. Uh and and we don't have that much time. And so like anytime we have to talk about the kids like you know, we do, but there's a lot of things that just like kind of slip under the rug, uh, like my daughter using like, timers. I wouldn't yeah. think to bring that up. Uh, that's really cool. I, I love that. Uh, yeah, I taught her because I, I would go up to it and I would tell Siri and say, hey, Siri, set a timer for 30 minutes. And then it, it would just happen. So yeah, but she she has started using that and, and awesome. she finds it very helpful. So that's a really cool thing that, that you accidentally taught her to do. And uh, that's been really positive the last week is is the use of the timers. That is good. And uh, so, the, but then at the same night with, with the time and the iPad and whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was around the same time that you wanted her to go to bed. I went into our oldest daughter's room, the nine-year-old. And I told her and this was 1030 at night. Yes. And I and I said to her, I said, hey, it's it's time to wrap it up. We got to turn the tablet well, well, off. She, she was, I thought she was reading or something. No, she was. No, on the tablet. she was on her tablet. And yeah. Then, OK. And she had said, OK, I'll turn the tablet off. But can I read? And so here's here's the, the thing. I have a soft spot. I am a bookworm. And the fact that my nine year old is very quickly becoming a bookworm. She's read three books in the last three days. Like, I am so amazed. I love it. But she goes, can I read my book? And so my immediate brain thought is like, okay, like, sure, you you can can read that. Like, yeah, I love that. You want to read? Heck yeah, do that. 
And so it's like, oh, well, and, and Jim comes in with the structure, man. And he's like, hey, like, no, it's 1030. She chose to use her time on the iPad if she wants to stop. Uh, if she wanted to read, she could have done it earlier. It's 1030. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so that's like kind of how we, we make a great team is because we both kind of understand different parts of our kids' needs. And we are very willing to call each other on that. Yeah, I was like, why Why are we staying up doing this? I, I've I've been trying to put them in bed for an hour now. Yeah, well, I mean, trying to put them in bed on a Saturday night game night is kind of just continuously was that saying. A, I felt like that was like a... I don't know I don't what is time I don't know anymore. What, I don't know what day of the week it is right now, to be know. honest. I don't either. But that's kind of just the thing is is bedtime is probably the hardest time in our in our family. We should do we should do a whole episode on bedtime. Ugh. Yeah. Uh but that that is definitely a thing for us is bedtime is the probably the biggest thing we struggle with as a family. Like I don't sleep well, uh, and my kids get that from me, so <laughs> But that's because you have the same problem of staring at the screen. It's not even it doesn't even matter about the uh-huh. screen or Tell not. Tell that I to just, you scrolling TikTok <laughs> at one AM. I love TikTok and I do be scrolling at one AM. I, I do that, yeah. Uh, but that's that's kinda the the thing is that I know a lot of people want to ha- present this united front. We're never going to correct another parent in front of the kids because we want to be united front. I don't see the kids as enemies. We don't need to be a united front. If if I'm making a mistake, I want Jim to say, hey, uh, maybe, maybe let's do this different. And in the same way that I would say that to him, but it's always respectful. And I think that that can be just as helpful for kids to hear as the united front. Yes. Like that's, that's what's important to me. Like we are a united front in that we both have our strengths and weaknesses and we are here to help each other be better parents. That's true. We are here to help a lot of people try to be better parents. Maybe if that's what you want, maybe you just want to listen to stories, but you know, that's what we want to try to do with this podcast. So, you know, going forward with our our weekly yeah. episodes, we want to make people feel good. Maybe teach you new methods i don't we're not expert we parents are not by any means. experts like we're not actually like actively trying to make people better parents we're just trying to share what works for us and maybe it'll work for you too because yeah, we learn from other people so if we've got something we're doing that works and you want to try it hey knock yourself out Heck but yeah. don't knock out the kids we just talked don't, about yeah that. we just we just had like a really weird trauma dump yes. like please like never Never, never hurt your kids. And, you know, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter. What is our Twitter handle, Tori Phantom there? What is it That called? is uh, Phantom Family Podcast on Twitter. We are also, uh, you can find us individually. I am Tori Phantom on TikTok, Tori.Phantom on Instagram. You are Jim Beard on TikTok. I am Jim Beard on TikTok. Yes. Jimmy Nips, K-N-I-P-P-S, the K is silent on it's Instagram. Silent, hey. uh, Jim on the radio, or maybe Jim Jimmy on the air. I don't even know what my Twitter even is. On if you find one, if you find either my just, Instagram yeah, or my TikTok, I'm, there's I'm a link everywhere. Thing to you it. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we want to connect with you. We want to hang out with you. If you have a topic you want to hear us talk about, please let us know. We would love to hear it. We'd love to talk about it. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, so if you're still here, thanks for joining us and hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll talk about something else next week for sure. Yeah, and we're going to put this podcast to bed, and don't you dare get up. I know you don't, don't need water. You don't, don't need water. Don't. I just gave I, you some. You have water in your room. You I, you don't need a peanut butter you. and jelly sandwich. It's 1030 at night. So I love you, I too. I know you don't need a snack, I love, okay? Okay, goodbye. Okay, good night. Right, Bye. Go, go to bed. Go. I love you.